today in our Like Dragons Did They Fight podcast series. I'm so excited to be with one of our awesome Sons of Helaman clinicians and so grateful that you're here listening and want to thank you to for coming and for listening to our podcast series. And we're hoping that it's providing a lot of help and information to you and your family as you're searching for resources and things that you can relate to in your own journey. It helps so much when we can hear how other people are doing things and what they do and how they've got there because it allows us to hear ourselves, things that we can do personally as we listen to other people. So anyway, Rodney Lim, you're from Idaho. Yes, born and raised, homegrown in Idaho. Awesome. I was born and raised in Emmett. Oh, great. Okay. Emmett, and yeah. where? what part do you live in now? So I'm in Meridian which is next to Boise. And so I've been here for 11 years after 13 years in Fruitland. And then I was in the military before that. Yeah, I'm an Idaho girl. I was actually excited when I I thought, I can't wait till I get to talk to that guy because I grew up in Napa. In Napa, okay. That's only seven miles away. Yeah. (laughs) And so I was just like, that is so great. I've been waiting forever for us to have a clinician in the Boise area. And so we're so happy to have you. And how? tell us a little bit before you tell us how you found Sons of Healing and wanted to become a clinician and serve in our Sons of Healing recovery group. Uh, tell us just a little bit about your background. You mentioned the military, but... And you grew up in Emmett, which is so little, right? That's this country town. Yeah, it's a lot of sleeper town now. A lot of people live there for that. And they drive to Boise and all around Yeah. for, for work. So, yeah. Tell yeah. us a little bit about your your background, your family, and your... Well, I'm the eighth of nine children. Grew up on a small five-acre farm, we call it. Always had to milk a cow every morning and night, feed the chickens and the calves, and had pigs in the summer. And so I learned how to do uh, chores doing that. Got up and did the early morning paper out, came back and did the milk a cow, and then had to hurry and get ready for early morning seminary. And in my youth, my mom was one of the early morning teachers, so if we wanted a ride, we had to hurry and get done on time to go with her. Otherwise, we were on a bike or find a ride. Of course, as a child, didn't appreciate the chores as much. But as an adult, I do appreciate the uh, lessons I learned from that. And what about, what did you do after you left home and had to meet your wife and start your career and schooling, things like that? Okay, well, so I grew up in a very faithful home with parents with strong testimonies. And so after going to a year of college at Ricks College, I served a mission in Nova Scotia, Canada, and joined the cold up there for a couple of years. That was a great experience, and then came back to school again. And then I joined the military, uh, the reserves. And then after going through the basic training, I came back to university. And while I was in a Life of Christ class, I remember looking back, there was this woman in the back of the room was always talking during the whole lesson. I thought, man, I wonder if she could just be quiet. And the second week it started again, I looked back 
more definitely and realized she was translating in the back of the room. <laughs> she just returned from her mission from Peru. And so she was translating. And so I met her at a dance after that. And I guess after the dance, after a couple of years on and off, uh, the rest is history from that standpoint. We have eight children, two grandchildren, and still learning how to be parents. So youngest is 14. <laughs> and let's see, I've enjoyed, of course, many different callings. Uh, my favorite, I've been serving in the temple. I started 11 years ago. And when that Boise Temple was remodeled, of course, we all took a break then. And now in the New Meridian Temple, it's a whole new experience because the structure is so different from the Boise Temple. But uh, that's great experience. As far as my career, uh, while I was in the military, I was thinking it would be fun to be a chaplain. So that kind of got me started with studies there. That didn't work out as far as becoming a chaplain, but I was led and guided to become a counselor. And so after completing counseling, I've been now counseling for 25 years. And in that 25 years, lots of very different experiences. I worked in a prison part-time for eight years. Well, in the afternoon, I did private practice. And also for 10 years of that, I did critical incident stress debriefing. And I still do that occasionally now, but uh, suicide intervention. One of the programs I did in prison and outpatient was for sex offenders and victims of sexual abuse. And so at the very hardest, learned the, I guess, the natural man <laughs> at, a very, at the very worst. And so with that background, always have been helping with addictions, drug and alcohol and sexual addiction. Of course, that includes pornography and uh, self-abuse. And I've always had some clientele uh, working with that issue for the last 25 years. And successfully helped people overcome that. And through a lot of cognitive behavior therapy and the different uh, things that we would discuss. Also a tool that I was use a lot for all anxiety and PTSD and addiction is a emotional freedom technique, which is tapping on acupuncture points. And so I found that always helpful for that and had success with everyone overcoming uh, anxiety and addiction with that tool. I don't exactly remember. I think it was a client that asked me if I knew anything about the Sons of Helaman. And so then that's when I started doing the search and looking at that and thinking as I looked at that and the more I looked into it, the more I looked into it, the more I loved it because all the things I've been doing the 20 years were just all encapsulated in a nice book, which included spirituality as well. And so I fell in love with the program and I'm now into my second year working and leading a group of young men. Uh, right now, it's really exciting. I've got uh, one young man that is finishing his mission papers because he's successfully uh, working on completing that. And I've got two others chomping at the bit to get there started. And uh, it's just fun to 
talk about addiction when the young men are focused on the reason they want to do this is because they want to get to the temple. And I love the temple. And uh, so, so it's a lot of fun to work with the young men. So when they start a the group, they come in feeling really hopeless and helpless and feel like they'll never succeed. And when they start participating in the group, listening to the other young men and what they are doing to win and to succeed and progress, it's just great to see the light in their eyes brighten and for them to get hope and progress. And then when they start talking about how awesome it is to go to the temple and then go to the temple to do baptisms and then to look forward to starting their papers and then getting their papers. And I've got one young man that's on his mission now. He unfortunately had been on his mission and had to come home because of the lost battles and problems on his mission. And he came back and came through the program. We got him straightened up and he's back out serving and doing great. And so it's just a lot of fun to see the progress of these uh, and to see their testimonies grow as their confidence grows. And so, you know, like before with the EFT, that was more of an electrical intervention in the body with this nervous system. And so the Sons of Helaman with the focus on the chemical aspects of the body and how to overcome that, that was just a whole other dimension of clarity and boosting. And so that's why I fell in love with the Sons of Helaman program. I'm looking forward this fall to co-presenting a new system called Resimax, and that's by Sharik Peck. And he's developed a system working with the central nervous system that is very quick and effective that I will be working on and experimenting with through the summer that helps eliminate OCD and anxiety and PTSD. And also, it's been very effective with addictions. And so I'm always looking for faster, better ways. But no matter what the method is, it's the core and the foundation of all of that is a testimony. And that's what I love about the Sons of Helaman program is just the spiritual focus. Back in my institute days, before I got married, I, one of the things I looked at was being a seminary teacher. So this is as close as I am. Well, I did teach seminary before, <laughs> early morning for a while, but this feels like I'm in seminary class. So it's a lot of fun. And, you know, to relax, the boys share, they ask questions. And, and what I really love is how they support each other. Right now in group, I have a new young man who's loses a lot of battles starting and just it was just funny how and of course in the face-to-face group we have an incentive where we can order pizza as a reward when they all are winning and so this young man because he's new and losing lots of battles his point score prevented pizza and so they were all on board with positive peer pressure and they're going to call him and harass him and help him win. And I added the incentive that 
I would just order the cheap pizza <laughs> this next week. If he comes back with winning every day, that we'll order extra special deluxe pizza. And so everyone's cheering him on, and I believe that we'll be enjoying pizza. So that positive peer pressure helps the natural man at a level until they get traction. And once they get traction, then they start doing their manpower, reading their scriptures, saying their prayers every day. And once they overcome that initial block, then they start really progressing. And not just understanding the meaning, but feeling, feeling that progress and that strength in their heart. And so it really is the change of heart that they gain in the process. So how's that? Ah, <laughs> oh, that was so good. You are the best listener. No wonder you must have practice listening to people. I'm amazed. I love that was so awesome because before we started our interview, just so you people listening will know, I just said, here's the areas or some topics we might cover. And he remembered every one of them almost. It was awesome. <laughs> so thank you for that. Yeah, that was so great. One of the questions that I have for you is, because you have experience in specializing in the EFT and the emotional side of helping people, and then you said that it was the sense of human and how it focused on the chemicals and the chemistry of the body and the brain, and, and then the spiritual side of of that battle as well and combining the two just what have you noticed and what what could you teach like if people listening were like what exactly is he talking about what do you mean the chemical thing like what would it what do you love about it what would you say about that well it's you know for a long time i've understood you know it's that dopamine dump and it's much like very intensive drugs to the brain when someone is exposed to that uh, material. And uh, the way Maurice Harker talks about the chemical dump, you know, the, I, I just love the way he describes how the stupidity that comes into play <laughs> with that. And uh, so another part that in his book, he talks about just being more aware and at the level of triggering, you know, you know, we have a scale of zero to 10 and usually five is when you're losing the battles. You can still win after level five, but most of the times by the time you're at five, you're going to be losing. And so a big part of that is focusing on a greater awareness to be able to understand that when the temptation comes at level one and two, that that's the time to intervene. And the better a person becomes aware of that, then the more successful they will become. Most young men, they don't even know what it's like at level one, two, or three when they start out. They just know what it's like at level four and five when they're already in the, in the process of losing. And so by them improving their awareness and having the, the flagpoles, which is the physical intervention just to get away like Joseph did, leaving his coat and running away. That principle of just getting away was very helpful. Another thing that I do and for years is uh, hypnosis. And the basic premise of that is awareness. 
And that chemical dump makes a person not very smart and not very aware of anything. And so by that focus of awareness and intervening, then that there's success built on that. Yeah, so it's like learning how to fight early. That's yeah. That was something that stood out to me was just the concept of, I just didn't realize that I was letting it get to a point of hand-to-hand combat. But once I realized that I could, I could fight early, take the adversary and his tactics that he uses on me personally out at a distance, like a sniper, that was so cool. Yes, and you know, much of the military experience is you don't go into a fight brand new. I mean, there's a lots of drills, lots of practice, you know. And I'm grateful for all the ambulance, emergency personnel that have practiced, practiced, practiced before the crisis. And and that's a strong part of the Sons of Helaman is practicing, practice, 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 so that when they are aware of being triggered, they've already train their mind and their body how to react and how to respond and so it's just you know some of the simplest things that young men have come up with it has made the difference for them it's just to practice when they're sitting in front of the computer just to stand up as simple as that is that's a start of intervention and that makes a difference uh, alt f4 is the way to escape out of the screen very quickly so uh, one young man he would practice you know all that four all that four all that four <laughs> and then we talked about from the lds church video on pornography where it talks about that is call it what it is that's pornography or that's a trigger and so they practice that to just say it out loud and get out and you know, a lot of them do push-ups, <laughs> so they get strong arms in the process every time they might get triggered, or or they practice their flagpoles, do push-ups, or walk around the block. One of my generals that he still practices walking out to the mailbox and back every day, just for that purpose. And he'll be graduating here in a couple of weeks, and is excited to start his mission papers. Wow, that's so good. Yeah, you know, when my son was in the program years ago, I just remember thinking, because he also used the mailbox as one of his drills and his flagpoles. And, but I remember thinking, what is he doing when I didn't quite understand? <laughs> you know, uh-huh. but I was so no. thankful that he was willing to do things that most people didn't do normally, you know, because he would run to the mailbox and check him, check his chemicals. And if he knew I'm not quite there yet, he'd run up the backyard to the trampoline. And then he'd uh-huh. jump on the trampoline and then he'd check again. But anyway, he got so discerning about what it, where his chemicals were and mm-hmm. what level he was able to restore or not. He could have different, well, if I'm not quite there by the mailbox, that I'm going to go here next. But the whole premise was just like you mentioned drills that military people do. The whole premise was about you want to have the spiritual muscle memory. Uh, right. Right. So that when you're under yeah. attack and you know, 
I can sense the enemy. I can sense that I'm having a chemical spill here, uh, that you know what to do before the battle comes. Right. Yeah, that muscle memory. I, I tell a story to my young man about that muscle memory with my nephew who went to the police academy a couple of years ago. And when they're out learning to shoot their, their 45 pistol or their nine, whatever it is they have is how they used to say, shoot, 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 pick up your brass. Don't be a slob, you know, kind of like the military type of thing. Shoot, 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 pick up your brass, shoot, 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 pick up your brass. And what actually happened is in a real life firefight on video, it was found that the police had gone through that. When they sh were shooting and they ran out, they would pick up their brass while they're still being shot at. And so they had to change the muscle memory, obviously. So shoot, 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 reload, shoot, 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 reload. We're all done. Now pick up your brass. <laughs> so uh -huh. muscle memory is a very important part of training training the body and being the master of the body. And that's the part that was really came out more and more as I've worked with the Sons of Helaman program, understanding that. Because when those chemicals in the brain get stirring, the, the cognitive brain shuts down very quickly. And so muscle memories, all you have left in those most critical times. And because of previous practice, you can win. And that's the thing that's fun to see this young man get confidence because they win. They win because they practiced. Another fun thing that comes to mind is it's amazing uh, to them. And it's fun to hear that they say, wow, all that time on gaming that I did that I don't do anymore or when I was not doing so well, I'm developing my talents. I'm learning <laughs> the life. The world is just lighter. There's so much more to do as they learn to overcome the boredom without their mindless uh, distractions. And so one young man, when he, after he started the program, he wrote a whole album and produced on YouTube his uh, own music. He wrote like 13 different songs and produced his own album as one example. Yeah, that's so great. And that's one of the things, too, with passion projects. Yes, yeah. Just not only the, the manpower goals, they have the six manpower goals that they do, but the passion project is totally about find what you like to do with yourself. Yeah, productive self. A lot of them, when they start the program, they realize as they become more and more responsible for themselves, they give their smartphone away and tell their parents, I just need a dumb phone for a while. And so they get rid of that. And some of them still choose. They say, I'm glad to not be tied to that anymore. You know, eventually they have gotten them back because it's a tool for some things. And so, but it's a, a lot better managed than ever before. So they, most all of them never keep it in their bedroom anymore. They just put it aside and use it uh, when they need it and let it go when they don't need it. It's not a babysitter anymore. That's oh, so good. What a great term. It's not a babysitter anymore. So you know what? I'm hoping that while people are listening to this, 
I bet you've heard things that you're thinking, you know, that probably applies to spending too much money when I'm emotional or eating too much food when I'm emotional. Because after we do things out of our value system, we wonder, that was really weird. I wasn't going to do that again. And there I went doing that thing again. So just be aware that we do the same kind of training as in Sons of Human, but on a level of self-mastery and more heightened spiritual discernment and awareness about your own chemistry. We do that in a class called Eternal Warriors, which is great to know about. It's for anybody. We do it for the whole family or individuals. And anyway, you can find that information on eternalwarriorstraining.org. Yeah, it's so great because I don't think I realized how much control I was giving away and how much of my agency was being stolen and how easy it was being stolen. And it just took simple principles and practice to get to a place where I recognized, wow, I feel so empowered because I have my life back. My agency is back. That's so true to be able to act and not be acted upon. The same skills for Sons of Helaman, Eternal Warriors, helps with any issue overcoming the natural man. Yes. And I, I share with these young men that it's just not overcoming the problem they came to group for. The skills that they are learning will help them succeed in all of their pursuits as they go forward in their life. I personally have signed up for a couple different business trainings, just part of my own continued self-development. And I've paid $2,000 for this program and $1,000 for that program, $2,000 for another program. And the summary of all of those elite programs by multi-multi-millionaires, <laughs> it comes down to the basic principles that we go over in Sons of Evenman. Self-mastery focusing on your goals, having good daily habits. That's the bottom line is, is self-mastery. Yeah, so great. That's why the system, the man power calendar, we have girl power calendars. It's yeah. helpful to notice just tracking something on purpose. For me, it was such an awakening to think every week I covenant to remember the Savior. And then when it comes time to make that covenant again the next week, I can't really remember what even happened through the week or that I'm specifically what I need to be repenting of. It just all feels like a big mess. So it's hard for me to even prepare for what I'm really doing. But when I started keeping a calendar and noticing that I was purposely remembering on purpose every day, and it just gave me a system to kind of, track and notice and an awareness that over a long term of using it, it became really obvious when it was, when I was not remembering, going back to sleep, you know, with my eyes open, getting kind of numb and dumb. And so I just thought, wow, it seems like I'd be smarter than this, but it's almost like I really do need a system that just keeps me remembering on purpose. Life has so many distractions, and for some reason, the natural man just seems to think the way to deal with distractions and heavy and lots is numb yourself. Yeah. 
Yeah, those that tracking is simple and silly as it may seem. That's probably one of the most important elements is just to check yourself off every day to check in with yourself. Did I do my basics? And I'm always challenging myself. I, I believe that anything I challenge a young man to do, I need to experience as well. I probably don't do it as diligent as I expect them to be, to become generals, but I'm always working on a few things. And I guess one of the most recent things I was working on realized, you know, they pray every day, I pray every day, but I need to do better. And so I challenged myself for a month, 28 days thing. I challenged myself to say 20 minute prayer every day. And so I set my timer <laughs> and pray and pray until the beeper goes off. And sometimes I, it's, I'm surprised, you know, I mean, with anything, you know, the more you do it, the easier it gets. And uh, so sharing that with a young man and then having them come back with stories to how they challenge themselves as well, learning that the one minute prayer can be expanded to five minutes <laughs> and, and beyond at times, you know, and then we talk about Enos. What it would be like to pray all day and all nights and, and those kinds of blessings that comes with that kind of effort and commitment. You know, in our programs, we talk a lot about the adversary. And that was one thing that my son, it was the first shift for him was noticing he wasn't alone and that there were other amazing young men like him that were fighting this same battle because he was convinced he was the only pathetic loser. And if there were anybody else that was just as pathetic as he was, they were probably living on the street, and that's why they were like that. But for some reason, he was the only guy that was halfway decent and having this problem. And so he just really felt horrible. So going into a group was first. That was huge. But the next thing that was such a shift for him that we were so grateful for and his discovery, the day he discovered it, one of the boys was graduating from class and it was his second week in group. All right. And so when the young man did the little graduation thing where you share, here's where I was and here's, here's some things I can testify of about who I am and who God is and the things that helped me be successful and that kind of stuff. He didn't even know that young men could talk like that the kind of language that young man used about being just a noble son of the living God. I remember him telling me that and that he, that the adversary was afraid of him and how awesome he was. And anyway, he just sat there stunned thinking, I can't believe like it was so spiritual to him and so cool. And he thought of Alma the Younger when he was, listening to this young man and he thought this is like i didn't i would i can't picture myself talking like that but to that boy to be standing there and be so confident in the spirit yet to be so humble because of a weakness and vigilant to stay clean and in recovery he came on and was so emotional that just he couldn't stop crying. He had to tell me with his crying face that, Mom, I am not the enemy. Right. I have an enemy. And instead of thinking I'm fighting myself, I need to fight the guy who's so afraid 
of me and trying to stop me from becoming the man that God knows I can be and who I'm meant to be. And it just gave him this focus of, I, I can fight something outside of me that's trying to stop me. It was so empowering because a lot of people think, um, especially people that have read our book, uh, like dragons, did they fight? Some of them think, well, I don't think you're supposed to talk about Satan so much. I don't, I don't think you're supposed to even try to mimic how he talks or what he does. And I don't think you're supposed to, to, to stand up and tell him no. What would you say about stuff like that? My first response is that that's one of those lies, Satan's lies. If we don't talk about him, we won't be ready for him is the truth. And so, yeah, talking about him, not having the fear of that. I mean, we don't, we're not strategizing how to be Satan. <laughs> we're strategizing how to understand him. And, you know, and all the military I did, you know, that was the whole point. There's lots of those drills is, well, if the enemy does this, how will we respond? This is, you have to have offensive and defensive tactics. And I don't know any sport that does not include both sides. And I don't know any war that does not include both sides. And the better you know the enemy, the more prepared one can be. And, you know, like you share with what happened to your son, that is just how it is in group for everyone that is comes and is committed to winning that they have that experience and that just to see their self-esteem grow so quickly in that. I mean, a lot of them might have fear before they come the first time. Like, what's it like? Because it's been so secret. <laughs> just a couple of months ago, I had a young man come into group. And as he walked in, he goes, oh, hi. And the other young man in the group already was from his own ward, his own best friend. For the last 12 years and they had just discovered in the last two weeks that each of them had struggles and so now they can team up and work together and they're both winning and instead of feeling isolated and alone they feel you know they're not alone and they have a team and the way they encourage each other it's just been a blessing I get that question from bishops. Well, what if it's in some of these young men from the same ward? And so far, I found that helpful. Yeah, that's actually one of the experiences my son, when he showed up the first time to group, another young man from our ward was there. Uh, yeah. And then we both kind of looked at each other like, hey, dude. <laughs> yeah. It was. It was. They weren't really best friends at school. They kind of hung out in different you know, social yeah, yeah. groups, but but because of Sons of Helaman, they really became bonded and had each other's back in battle. Yeah. It was so cool. Right, yeah, yeah. So cool. Yeah. You know, and anybody that's been in war, they, you know, you bond to those you fight with because you got each other's back and it's not just me, it's us. And that focus on the Savior and to remember that you're never alone. Yeah. So one of the things, too, is because it's an addiction recovery group or something, 
as personal and dangerous as uh, pornography, you know, mastering your sexual self-mastery, pornography and masturbation. And, and if you're a bishop or a parent, you might be thinking, so what do they talk about in those groups? Like, are you going to be sharing? Is my son who found out how to lose battles in this way going to find out more ways to lose battles in your group? So how yeah, do you that's a very good that? question. Yeah, that's a good question. And that's something that I always share with the parents before the young man even starts group is we're not here to focus on what they do in their lost battles. The only time that's ever discussed in a private one-on-one -on -one interview with myself before they begin group. Because of my treatment experience, I just want to know how deep they dug themselves in so I can know ways to, I guess, kind of guide and encourage them. When we come to group, it's all about why they want to win and what drills, what thoughts, learning in the scriptures that helps get them stronger and stronger. It's what are their spiritual and chemical calisthenics that they are training to get stronger and stronger. And what insights, the ahas they had. Oh, well, when I actually read my scriptures every day, it's funny how the battles are less and less intense. It's like when I actually do my manpower, I just started winning. <laughs> I'm remembering. <laughs> I'm making better choices. And so it's, it's uh, all focused on their progress, focus on their successes. And, you know, a lot of things they already know, but I like how my wife put it in principle is, you know, I knew that principle before, but the wattage went way up. <laughs> and that's what we do in group. You know, a, a lot of it's not new. It's just that in context, of talking about spiritual things, talking about seminary in the context of addiction, the wattage goes up in their brain and in their spirit at how it really does apply and really does help them personally. And so it's just a lot of fun to see that. You know, there's a few times I thought, wow, we just had a testimony meeting. <laughs> yeah, and there is this dynamic of this brotherhood and bonding, but there's great spirit about it too. Yeah had a young man with some autism. You know, he struggles more than the average dude, <laughs> but they were encouraging him and supporting and, you know, and he shared his insights. And so there's room for most everyone. There is one young man I did interview that I did not allow in the group because he started the interview saying, I don't believe in the church. I don't want to go on a mission. I'm here because my parents drugged me here. So I thought, well, we'll do some one-on-one -on -one work. And I, you know, he wasn't ready for group, but after a couple of months working with him and he's getting some progress. So he's actually losing his attitude and maybe thinking that there is hope that he doesn't have to kick himself out of the church that so probably in a month or two, he'll be able to come in the group because he has enough hope to talk about, yeah, I do want to go or at least think about a mission. So that was a big change I didn't expect. I thought, well, he's, he's already checked out, but he's coming along. 
That's awesome. And that's so hopeful too, because so many of the parents that come to me and want to know, they want, they say, the parent support specialist, I can consult people about where they're at and maybe what we have that's available that would be a good next step for their family. A lot of them come in that place of, we can see he needs this. He's been so deep into it for so long and he's done and he's not going to go to church anymore. doesn't want to do anything anymore. That's really helpful to know that you could start one-on-one with a clinician and work on some things to see if their attitude and their will shift and their confidence will grow and their hope will show up. It's just, that's really helpful for parents because a lot of them think, well, if he won't go to Sons of Healing, then I guess he's lost. Yeah, no, no one's lost unless they kick themselves and don't, well, if they're willing to try, I know they can win. Yeah, that is so great. Is there anything that you can think of that you'd love to talk about, about your private practice that you didn't mention? You do have some experience with specializing in couples. I noticed your website says that you have marriage strengthening things you do to strengthen marriage. And you actually have a note, the emails that you and I have traded back and forth. It was awesome. It made, actually made me consider. It was something about, have you been on a date lately? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I guess a little, I guess, advertisement is I've just started a new thing that will be coming. And if you look me up, I'd love to have you join my group that I'm developing. I just got a new uh, website that I'm starting. It's not even posted yet, but I have a lot of work toward this year developing a whole online system to help marriages more. So it's Marriage Perfection will be the website. And that's all about continual improvement. You know, it's finding a balance and being happy for what we have and always looking for perfection not that we have to be perfect but there's ways to continue to improve and uh, take on the challenge that the scriptures give to us and we can be translated we don't have to wait till death <laughs> the best preparation for the second coming of the savior is to try to do better and better and to have greater faith as our prophet has invited us to is saying that we need to have the faith to have the priest of power to save our families. And if we're not continually improving, you know, we're either growing or digressing. <laughs> so I'm not sure how focused and narrow that will be. I'll be having different levels of that. Level one will be a general audience. Level two is for believers. And level three will be for those who believe in celestial progress. So It'll be fun to see how that comes out. Oh, that sounds really cool. It's really great. And is that offered online? It will be, yeah. I'm gonna I'll be doing YouTube channel and doing I guess my marriage moment every day, two to three minutes of advice on how to improve your marriage and, and self development. That's so cool. Well, you know, I have so much family in Idaho and that's one of the reasons I've been just itching to meet you because I think 
I want to meet this clinician that I'm so happy we found in the Boise area. I would love to get a dozen other therapists involved in this program going more. I don't have time to, I mean, I'd love to do Sansa Helaman every day, but I have my other priorities I'm supposed to follow. And so I'd love to find other therapists to get involved and to spread the wealth. Yeah. You know, I have two brothers that would qualify. And I, for, years, oh. for years, I've been kind of hoping that their life would open up and they'd be interested in. One of them mentioned the last time that I was in his company that, you know, I'm going to be shifting with my career. And my first thought was, oh, ooh, this is going to be good. I hope we can get him over here because. Yeah, I just think it's so wonderful to know there's a resource right in your area. So if you're in that area, you can go in person. But do you also run online Sons of Healing groups? I'm not doing any online group at this point. I'm too busy with my marriage work. So for right now, I just do the one face-to-face group. That's why I'd like to get other people so I can feed, help feed another group. So good. We're so appreciative that you're there. We're so glad that you're here. And I am just so thankful to to just get a little peek into the window of why you're so passionate about people and your testimony of the Savior. It's obvious. It's really strong and who he is for us. And that there's just so much hope, no matter where you find yourself, that sometimes you do need a level of training and level of support that is beyond what you've tried. So having one-on-ones with a qualified clinician, joining a recovery group where you can see that you're not alone and that there's a lot of help there and people do succeed and you can release the chains that you're in. It's just so valuable. But I just want to just tell you how much I like you. How wonderful it is to meet you. I'm just so happy that you're here, and I don't want you to ever leave. <laughs> well, I, until I go on my mission with my wife, I'll probably be hanging around. <laughs> it's just a good group of people to hang out with. Yeah. Oh. And I, again, I want to return the, the uh, appreciation, the passion. I feed off of your passion. Just to hear Maurice talk about all the great things you do to help the program. That just, it feeds me passion. Just thinking about the passion that I hear you put into the program, I feel passionate just as a reflection from what I feel and hear of your involvement. And I appreciate you for that and just applaud and pray for your continued strength. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's so wonderful to be part of a team that just really believes in hope. Just let's go after it. Go get it. Yeah. Thanks for your efforts and for just personally and professionally. Thank you. If you're listening to this podcast and you would like more information, go to lifechangingservices.org or you can call this phone number 877-HERO-877. Thanks for listening today.